We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Feel the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Feel the 68. After Dark. All right, welcome. Feel the 68 After Dark. I'm Jeff Goodman here with former North Carolina star Tyler Hansborough and former Columbia star Dallin Cuff. So much action tonight. We got number two, the final undefeated team going down. The Houston Cougars going down to some Hilton Magic. We'll be joined by TJ Otzenberger, the head coach of Iowa State. In the show, Texas gets a huge win. And number one, Purdue, is down 16 points with less than a minute left. And it looks like the Boilermakers are going to go down. So number one and two are going to go down tonight. Let's start with Houston. All right, Tyler. You watch this one. Iowa State, Hilton Magic. It was a grinder. No surprise. They get the 57-53 win over the Cougars, and the final unbeaten team in the country goes down. Houston, number one in the net, number one in Ken Palm. Uh, Milos Momsilovich, I hope I said it right. I played some black Nailed it. with him in the Bahamas. I should know it. I should know it. Uh, <laughs> he had a huge shot at the end of the game. And uh, Taman Lipsy was terrific. Their point guard, sophomore point guard from Ames, uh, Tyler, this Houston team, we got Purdue going down, Houston going down. What does this say, I guess, about college basketball right now? Well, listen, I said before Houston, uh, when they come into the Big 12, they're going to be tested. They're going to be t- tested more than they've been tested, uh, you know, recently. But uh, to me, this game was ugly. I mean, both teams shot 38% from the field. Uh, but that was a big shit, or big uh, shot late in the game. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt his uh, his name, uh, but uh, to to make that fadeaway, uh, getting double teamed, uh, that was Kobe esque, and that was a big time shot. But you know, it, it was a defensive battle, and we know that's what uh, Houston does. Uh, they control the boards, play physical, and uh, it was a good battle. But uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, I wasn't too sold on Houston. I knew when they went went into the Big 12 that they're going to be tested. And tonight, Iowa State got the best of them. Dallin, I mean, again, you know, are we that surprised with how college basketball is right now? And we have put Purdue kind of on a pedestal above everybody else. They go to Nebraska. Nebraska is pretty good. And then you see Houston that really hadn't been tested. And they go to Hilton, which is a very, very difficult place to play. Which, which one surprised you more? What surprised me the most is you just said star in relation to me and to Tyler, which is absolutely ridiculous, by the way. Nobody should ever describe our basketball careers with the same adjectives. Let's just let's start there, Jeff. So now we've, we've covered <laughs> yeah. that base. Uh, most importantly, four-time All-American, four-time nothing. So there you go. Um, in terms of the, the terms of what we've seen today is 
nothing's that surprising because I don't think anybody is head and shoulders above anybody else. And as to Tyler's point, Houston was going to get tested in the Big 12. They knew that. And, and I think what this also shows is there's no team that can play badly and win on the road. Like, that's just not going to happen, especially for Houston. They're learning. You're not playing the American anymore. When you play poorly on the road, you're probably going to get caught. Outside of playing at Memphis in recent years and, you know, maybe Cincinnati a couple years before that, you could play bad, bad in the road in a lot of American conference games and survive because they were just better. It's not the case here. So it was it – was, they started out 14 to nothing in that game. They had 17 points off turnovers Iowa State had. They weren't scared of them. I think what actually helps Iowa State, they defend and they've caused turnovers, top two teams in the nation in terms of turnover rate. So it's not really a concern for Houston to – for Iowa State to see Houston the first time. It's similar. It's not like a lot of times there's a shock value when you see the Cougars for the first time. It doesn't really exist as much because Iowa State kind of makes you play in the same way. And they sped up the Cougars all game. For Purdue, I think I'm one of the people that – I think Purdue's really good. I don't think Purdue's world beaters. I, would, I, don't, I don't think Purdue's going to win the national championship. I think it's going to be hard for them to go 6-6 six and six in, in that regard. And, and today, they just didn't defend very well. There were a lot of, like, the, I mean, the Hornets made, made a lot of big shots, but going under on handoffs, just late on ball screens, just, just, just a little bit lackadaisical. And, again, you can't do that on the road. Yeah, I mean, LJ Cryer certainly struggled. He didn't score in the first half, had five for the game. And, honestly, if they don't get Cryer to be able to, to put up some points uh, – Houston just doesn't have enough offensively. Terrence Arsenault hurt. Uh, Emmanuel Sharp was pretty good uh, tonight. But again, they, they just don't have quite enough overall offensively. Uh, but again, a huge win for an Iowa State team that sorely needed it. We caught up with T.J. Otzenberger earlier. All right, now joined by none other than Iowa State head coach T.J. Otzenberger coming off uh, the win of the night, one of the wins of the season uh, altogether. Uh, Hilton Magic, TJ, how do you describe it? Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome tonight. I mean, our fans, we had a, a blizzard here last night and into the morning. And uh, you talk about an unbelievable fan base. Everybody's driving from long distances through the snow. Uh, Hilton Magic's about what happens in this building and the fans and the great support that we have and those that have come before us. But, man, how about – having fans that are going to drive through the blizzard. They're so passionate. They care so much. They gave us the energy we needed down the stretch, and we're so grateful to them. 14-0 to start the game. I, I know you were looking up at the scoreboard, and you're like, all right, 14-0. I know they're coming back at some point. And, and they did. And I think the biggest thing with, with your team, which really hadn't had a resume win yet, was that they came back, and you still were able to kind of grind out a win at the end against a team that we know about Houston's culture. Yeah, no, I mean, we have tremendous respect for their their program and, and again, what they continue to accomplish each and every day. Um, you know, we take a lot of pride and it's this is our home court. You know, we, you know, coming in here, we don't uh, we don't love being called an underdog uh, on our home court. And so as much respect as we have for their program and everything they do, um, we have a belief in what we're doing. And our guys today came out, got up, you know, got to the start we needed to set the tone. We talked about being the aggressor and then it's really important late in games that you hang your hat on your defense. You find a way to get enough stops late to finish off the game and uh, fortunate to do that here tonight. How important is it to have a point guard like Lipsy that you just trust? Like it's almost like he's a second coach on, uh, uh, you know, on the, on the team, right? Yeah. He, he never has a bad day. You know, he never has a bad day. He's the, he's an elite winner competitor. Uh, he's a physical player. Um, he, he's got great character. I mean, we're so fortunate to have a guy like that because of how he leads every single day. And look, I mean, that battle on the other side of the ball, they got a guy like that's a heck of a competitor at the point guard position, too. And a lot of times on both of their drives, it felt more like a heavyweight fight sometimes than than a basketball game. But, um, you know, we're just I mean, again, as a coach, when you have a point guard that leads like he does and is a winner and does so many winning things, you just feel really fortunate. So the last time you and I saw each other in person, uh, you were terrifying your your players at the blackjack table. <laughs> you remember? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, they they. I, I think it was good. You helped loosen them up a little bit because they were they they weren't sure if they should be at the blackjack table or what they should be doing. It was like he says we should have fun tonight, and but do we really believe him? Because he might be every morning he's chasing after us. So I think. Uh, what you can't do is, is blow my cover on the deal because who they think I am and who you and I've, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, 
what is this? You're trying to tell me that that they have this fear of you. And I'm, I tell them when you left, I said, I'm like, he's really not tough at all. Like he didn't <laughs> look it, but he's not that tough. He's actually a fun, loose guy. In fact, if I had some video of you 20 years ago, <laughs> their, their views would completely change. Well, fortunately, there's statute of limitations. And if any of that shows up, I'll make sure my attorney contacts you so that it can quickly uh, be put away. But no, I think, you know, what's cool about our guys, they, they, they came in in that summer. We worked really hard when we saw you on that trip uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, it, it actually helped make our trip because I think all of our guys, after we saw you, they were like, oh, we actually can have fun on this trip. We don't have to like tiptoe around, like look over our shoulders. So I think they credit all the fun on the trip that they had to you. I don't know about that, but I think the trip helped because, again, you know, you had a young team. You put a schedule together that, you know, listen, I called a little soft and your numbers in the net. I was looking at them and I'm like, all right, how did they come up with this? Uh, but again, you did it. You did it with a with a purpose and a plan. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think for us, knowing we are going to be a little younger this year than we've been in the last two years. Um, and guys, a lot of guys that are, you know, coming to the Big 12 for the first time, whether it's the transfers, you know, taking a step up or even some of the the, the freshmen, um, we knew there's going to be some challenges. And I think we needed to build confidence uh, in our ability to win at home, in our ability to to have those type of games and have those moments and, and also see like rotations, depth and everyone needs to do it. Um, but I felt like we knew what was coming on the back end with the Big 12 schedule. Over time, the the strength of schedule and all those things will sort itself out because in this league, we're playing the best league in America. And, you know, every night out, there's another heavyweight fight coming right at you. All right. Well, listen, we do toast of the night at the end of the show, but I, I'm going to do my toast to you right now. <laughs> to Iowa State, uh, to you. I, I know you're going to have one later, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toast to you right now. Man, I wish I was with you in Charleston, man. I wish I was there. Well, Listen, I think you had a better night where you are. So congrats. Uh, heck of a win, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right, welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. I'm Jeff Goodman here with Tyler Hansbrough, Dallin Cuff. And uh, big night, big night. <laughs> number one, number two fall. We got big wins. We got games coming down to the wire here. Auburn's up four on Texas A&M. Uh, let's get right to Purdue, the number one team in the country. The team that some feel like was a notch above everybody else. But as you said earlier, Dallin, I'm not sure they were full notch. I think they were maybe a half a notch, a quarter notch ahead. And they go to Nebraska. Not an easy place to play. And a team that mm -hmm. honestly is much better than I think a lot of people thought they'd be this year. Right? I mean, they, they've – Tominaga is mm -hmm. terrific. Juwan yeah, Gary is tough. Will is good. Rink Mass was a huge addition through the portal this year from Bradley. Uh, this is a tough place to play. Nebraska makes shots. And you know what? Purdue just did not guard tonight. And they didn't get the big boy enough touches down low. Dallin, what, what's your biggest concern? First, we'll start with Purdue. Because you said earlier, you don't think they're a team that can win six straight. I think they can win four straight. I don't see them winning the whole thing. But I, I think they can get themselves to Phoenix. The biggest thing is it's obviously the, the reigning national player of the year is the thing. He had two fouls early in this game. And after that, Nebraska went on, I think it was a 13-0 run to close the half. And Tominaga was great. I think he had 12 in that first half. Um, other guys made shots, and partially because they were open and they were good looks. And then the second half, I'll tell you what, what is impressive about it. You, you all, every time Purdue made a little run and, and cut into that thing, Nebraska had a counterpunch every time. A lot of times it was shot making. Sometimes it was Purdue being a little, again, like I said earlier, lackadaisical defensively, make, missing some assignments, going under handoffs they should go over, not communicating on some screening action. Um, and Didi wasn't, Didi was not able to have the, the impact of a game that he needed to, partially because of foul trouble and then because of how, how the team got behind. The last thing I will say is the concern big picture is that they run into teams that can sp either he gets in foul trouble, put him in, in compromising positions to get him in foul trouble, or if you can space the floor and have him chasing people around, that doesn't maximize what he does best, which is obviously protect the rim, rebound, and then score on the other side in the interior. So there's, those are things that are critical, and I think when you have a guy that's as impactful and unique on your team, it gives you a lot of benefits, but at the same time, when he's not there able to perform at the same level, there aren't, they aren't as dynamic, and they didn't guard tonight. They have guarded well, much better this year than I think they did last year, and, and they, have, they have to put it together. They're not good enough to just walk into even Nebraska, which is a tough place to play, as you mentioned, 
But you can't walk in there on the road and think you're just going to roll the balls out and win. It's just, just there's nobody in the country that's that good this year. And that rarely is, but there are sometimes Baylor a couple years ago, Gonzaga in recent history, obviously with conference who plays in factors in that. Houston in recent history, because with the conference they played in, it's not like that for these guys. Yeah, I mean, again, like, you know, they got Lance Jones. That helped him defensively. But he, he's not a guy that's going to completely change them. You know, you got Lawyer and Braden Smith. They're still limited what they can be on the defensive end, Tyler. Is that your biggest issue, too? Because they can score. We know Edie on most nights, he's going to get his 25 and, and 10 or 12. Tonight, again, he was held in check, 15.7 boards. Well, Edie doesn't have a long history of getting into foul trouble. Uh, I know he got in foul trouble last game against Illinois, too. Uh, but if he's in foul trouble, they're vulnerable anyways. He's a uh, – you know, there's no there's no other team in college that relies on one player like Purdue relies on Edie. Uh, but I do think that, uh, you know, even though uh, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, they're a little bit limited defensively, they have made big steps this year. I think they've they've improved a lot, especially uh, Braden. I think he's been more consistent, added, uh, you know, had consistent scoring nights, which has really helped them. Uh, but the thing that uh, is really head-scratching to me is, they they beat they probably have played one of the toughest schedules in college and have beat uh, the most impressive teams out there. But then all of a sudden they let these games slip to Nebraska, then Northwestern, and uh, you know I just you know I, I can't figure that out how they lose that and why they're so vulnerable on some nights and so great on some others. I, I think it's because they're not dominant. Again, they're they're a very good team, but they're not a great team. And they still do have two sophomores in the backcourt, right? I mean, they're not grown men like some of these guys at Nebraska are. You, you look mm -hmm. at Fletcher Lawyer, and he looks like he's a buck 55. You know, I mean, he is. He's small. Braden yeah. Smith's small. They're tough. They're mentally tough kids. But, again, I think they can be pushed around a little bit, and they're not great defensively, uh, as we saw tonight a little bit. You know, this is a, a very good team, but yeah. The gap just isn't nearly as big as it's been in years past. Do you worry about them, Dallin, winning the – like, is – this was actually good in a way for the Big Ten. Okay, it was good. Yeah, because even Nebraska more competitive. Now, correct. It, it, it makes it more competitive, and Nebraska now moves up. They were, you know, on the fringe. Now they're legitimately probably an NCAA tournament team today with that win. Yeah, it's, it's huge for the conference, and it's good for the competitiveness of the league. I will say – this, there's not, this team relies on a team outside of Edie. There's not a guy that can help take them over a game and make up for what he does or do something else, either Winsford, that can impact the game and can, can kind of just like take over a game. Not a lot of teams have that guy, but when Edie's not there, this, there's, there's a lack of dynamism on this squad and, that, and on a both ends of the floor that I think is exploited. Yeah, there isn't a star. All right, when we come back, tons more action in the Lone Star State. Houston lost. Two other teams won and won. Has a chance right now in Texas A&M. What's going on, guys? Before we get back to the show, I need to let you all know about the Field of 68 Daily, an all-encompassing college basketball newsletter that arrives in your inbox, you guessed it, daily. For less than a dollar a week, you'll wake up every morning to more than 1,500 words detailing everything that you need to know to stay up to date on the world of college basketball. From the notable mid-major upsets to the stars that are out injured, to the breakout performances that only our team of college basketball junkies watched. The Daily is edited and produced by Mike Miller, who spent more than two decades running NBC's digital written content. And it's subscribed by more than half of the Division I coaching staffs, the biggest names in college basketball media, and the agents that work as power brokers in the sport. For just $50 for the year, you get access to the same information that the insiders get. And before we get you back to your regularly scheduled Field of 68 content, let me tell you guys about the Field of 68 merch store. Head over to fieldof68.shop for officially branded Field of 68 apparel. Whether you're supporting your favorite team in the student section or from the couch, there is no better way to gear up than the latest 
from the field of 68. The best thing I can say about our merch is the quality of the product. Anyone that has ever worn a t-shirt knows how frustrating it is when the neck gets all stretched out and the bottom of the shirt starts looking like the bottom of bell-bottom jeans. And there's nothing worse than a hoodie that loses its snugness that makes it such a perfect way to stay warm during the cold winter weather. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for the college basketball fan in your life, everything you need is at the field of 68.shop. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back. Jeff Goodman here, Field of 68 After Dark. I'm here with Tyler Hansbro. I'm here with Dallin Cuff. And uh, again, a ton to get to in the Lone Star State with those teams. And Houston goes down, but uh, Baylor gets a big one in, in the Big 12 against kind of the metric darlings. Right, Dallin? Mm-hmm. Uh, BYU. Yeah, they Everybody are. liked them with numbers. The, the, the nerds really liked Mark Pope and, I like, and the Cougs. I like their game, too. I don't think it's just the nerds and just the numbers, but like everybody likes teams that can space the floor, pass the ball, make shots. They can do all those things, but they are really reliant okay. on guys to get as a group. And then defensively, there's some questions marks there, and that's what's been exploited. And when you get into Big 12 play a little bit here, losing at the Marriott Center was a surprise. This game was not a surprise, and it was a little bit – they, they were so loose with the ball. Like Baylor did a really good job of great deflections, getting steals, 18 points off turnovers. And the Baylor team was struggling to make shots early in the game. Ironically, they were helped to get themselves going by getting turnovers and helping them out. And that got them a little bit of rhythm. And then they started making shots just like they can, like the best in the country, and getting a good win by nine. Rob Doster's texting me that uh, you are a nerd since, you know, you went to Columbia. So you are one of Oh, those no, no. Guys. Sorry. Yeah, I'm a proud nerd. I'm not I – don't, I don't think it's just me and the nerd. Proud nerd. No doubt about that. That's all right. He's right. No, I, I was just worried that, that honestly, they're going to get eaten up. I know they had a big win in the second game of the year against San Diego State, but I just felt like BYU could get eaten up with some adversity here in the Big 12 because there aren't a lot of easy nights as there were in the WCC, Tyler. Uh, but back to Baylor, uh, because this was a big one. And, and honestly, uh, Jalen Bridges was terrific in the second half. He was kind of the, the X factor, uh, a guy that we haven't really talked about a ton this year. I mean, you look at it, and certainly Jacoby Walters gotten most of the attention, the talented freshman uh, who's been pretty good, really good on the offensive end this year, uh, a little bit suspect defensively. And, and Ray J. Dennis has been terrific as, as a point guard, but uh, Bridges really took over when it mattered. This was their first Big 12 game at their new arena, the Foster Pavilion, and, and a big one for Baylor because, again, you lose this one at home, and it was close the whole way. Actually, BYU was mm-hmm. up uh, in the second half. How important was this one for, for Baylor, Tyler? Uh, it was big, uh, especially when you open up a new arena. I mean, you want to get off on the right foot. You don't want to open that thing up and start losing games. But, uh, no, Scott Drew is a great coach. And, uh, you know, he's got Jalen Bridges. He's got a guy, uh, Walter, the uh, the freshman. He can get a bucket at any time. Uh, but uh, – you know, this this Baylor team, you know, their defensive principles and the way they guard teams, uh, they're going to force turnovers. They're going to get out and run. And uh, every game is going to be tough on their opponent. But BYU, I agree with you. They're going to be tested in the Big 12 more than they've ever been tested, similar to Houston. And uh, BYU I actually just came off a loss to Cincinnati, my guy Wes Miller. Uh, but uh, they lost a close one tonight. So BYU struggling to – get off on the right foot in the Big 12. 
Listen, I, I like Baylor a lot. I just don't know if I put them – they're not at the same class. Even with Houston losing tonight, I think, you know, you got Kansas and Houston in that top tier, Dallin, and then I think mm-hmm. Baylor's a notch below them with some other good teams. I mean, again, Baylor hasn't proven to me yet that they're like a Final Four contender. Now, having said that, I, I don't know, I mean, who the hell is right now? I mean, they, they, there's a lot of teams. We're going to look well, up. Maybe because there's a lot. Yeah, that, that's, everybody is. Not everybody. But you got, you got like 25, 30 teams that could get in there right now. Right. But uh, I think, I think yes, because Baylor, the thing, the thing with some of these teams, the Big 12 is really good. They're really good again. But outside of Kansas, which can have some deficiencies, if one of their big – if DeWan Harris is not being aggressive, that team is different, which he does that a lot and just doesn't do it. That, that changes the way they play. If McCullough's not playing like an All-American – they can struggle. Like there, there are things there that, that they have problems. But overall, they are more of a complete team on both sides of the floor. Uh, the same thing, I think, for Houston. They are an elite defensive team, but they need to figure out. Like, L.J. Cryer can't have a day where he has five points, and he really struggled. I love the Kelvin Sampson down two points at the end of that game. Drew up a play for L.J. to get a shot. He got a great look, and he missed it badly. Um, but there are some – that's what the question, to Tyler's point – there are still questions around Houston is, is when you've got to go on the road. They were great in terms of the NCAA tournament, and they've been great in the American Conference. We know that. And even in non-league earlier, you know, in, in years past. But when you've got to play a league schedule, we're playing these teams on the road all the time. That takes it to another level of how difficult it is. And then when you get your seed is not a guaranteed one or two seed that Houston's got the last couple of years, that may change your trajectory. I think they can still win this conference. Um, but there are some questions they need to answer, and they need to make, they need to make more shots. As simple as that, you know, dumb analysis is sometimes. The opposite is said for Baylor. They have to be able to guard consistently. Eves Misi has to progress at like a massive level to help be rim protector and also provide something else in terms of just his ability to his handoff, be a roll, roll and lob threat and a dunk threat on that end. But there are still teams as we continue to go through the season that have glaring weaknesses on either side of the ball. That, that That's why I think it's so wide open because there don't seem to be that many teams that are complete or you can see that next notch to getting to be complete. One of the bigger surprises was uh, Tyler's boy, Wes Miller and Cincy, right? I mean, they've been pretty good and, you know, beat BYU. Then they're at home tonight against Texas. They play him tough. Now, Texas, I think, was a little fraudulent. And I think Texas has talent. Don't get me wrong. I think the Longhorns are talented, especially in the backcourt with Hunter and Asmus. I I think they're missing a big wing. They're missing a dynamic wing who can put it on the deck uh, and shoot it from deep. Uh, Dylan Mitchell's not that. I love him, but that's not what he is. Texas ends up coming away with a huge – maybe other than Nebraska, they might have had the biggest, most important win uh, of the night. Because they lose this one. They're starting to hear people question them. Why the hell are they top 25? They don't deserve it. I mean, they haven't really beaten anybody, if you think about it. They lose to their in-state rival, Texas Tech, at home in Austin with all the the drama swirling around the Red Raiders. How, How important was this one, Tyler, for Rodney Terry, who's also getting some heat right now, in Texas? I mean, it was big because their uh, strength of, strength of schedules is pretty bad. I think they had uh, nine quad four wins, uh, which is uh, – I don't think you should be allowed to play that type of schedule. But, uh, yeah, I would say <laughs> this was a, a, a big win for Texas because uh, a lot of people have questioned whether they're legit or not. Uh, but also for me, I don't think that has a lot of recognition. And they've had a, a pretty good record so far. And I thought this, if they would have pulled this win out, I thought they would have get a, would have gotten a little more hype and uh, started become a you know a team on everybody's radar. And uh, I do like the big for Cincy, Victor Locken. I think he's one of the best bigs in the Big Twelve. Actually, I think he's very underrated. The kid can hoop. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was a big win for Rodney Terry, especially in Texas. Jeff, I think that this, like for Texas, this was one of my favorite plays of the day was Texas plus five. And here's why, because I think it was like a spot play. You have Cincinnati coming off this a massive, huge emotional win. You're going back home. You got Texas. Texas is hearing everything you just said. Like Rodney Terry's hearing it. Those players are hearing it. Those are veteran guys. They're clearly aware of everything that's being said about their team. And they went out and proved it. Dylan DeSue getting back to full. I mean, I got 33 tonight, getting to full health. He was an absolute beast. Uh, I mean, I do think that this team is – they have a high ceiling in my mind. They, 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 they have talent. 
They're still trying to figure out how to put it all together. And consistency is an issue. And to Tyler's point, when you don't play anybody, we really don't know what you have. And the couple times you stepped up in class, you've not performed. So these were, these were warranted criticisms. And the question is, as they go through Big 12 play, do they begin to prove some of the naysayers wrong? And some of us wrong that may have been like, I don't know, because you can see the talent out there. And if Tyrese Hunter is, you know, making shots in a couple games this year, he's, he's sprung up and been more consistent. I mean, Ace Smith is starting to understand where he gets his looks. He did travel that last play, though, guys. Just go back and watch that thing. He got away with the travel and then hit a phenomenal shot. So don't take anything away from him. But if I was if I were Wes Miller and crew, I'd be pretty pissed. And I'm sending that clip to league office and be like, this cannot be missed in this type of situation. That said, I think they're still they're still gelling with some of those new pieces and getting fully healthy. But the talent is undeniable, man. And I I, I like Texas's ceiling. It's just a matter of can you gain consistency? And if you can in that league, you're going to gain a tremendous confidence because you're playing such good teams every night. All right. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. The place you can store your own predictions forever. And by using the vaulted challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends. Go download the vaulted app. It's spelled V L T D challenge your friends, store your predictions, join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. All right. I went in, I did a vaulted earlier that Kansas will win the big 12. Uh, First of all, do either of you disagree with that? Or either you're going to go against Bill Self and the Jayhawks, even though they do have their issues. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of shooters. Mm -hmm. Either one of you prepared to say anybody other than Kansas is going to win the Big 12 regular season title this year? You're giving me odds or what? Coming. Am I, am I, am I, am no, I getting I'm odds? <laughs> everybody else. Uh, I'll give Go ahead. Well, I will say this. Houston was the betting favorite by a number of books. They had either one. So I saw it on ESPN Bet. You saw Bet MGM. You saw different different books had different things going on. Um, I think Houston's still capable of doing it, maybe. But, yes, yeah, so I'm not taking money against the Hawks. I just think that it's, it's, it's not as clear-cut as in years past. And I do think some of these additional trips to different places, the non-true round robin, got to look at everybody's schedule now because that's a huge difference. It's not the same thing that everybody's playing, an equitable schedule. So you got to look at how some of those things can play out and if a team can – have a more favorable run. So, our gun to your head, you're still taking Kansas. Uh, Kansas yeah, Kansas I'll take. I'll take. I'll take Kansas. I'll take. If Houston would have won tonight, I'd probably stick on Houston. But now that's not a good start. I like that. I don't like that start. <laughs> Tyler, who are you taking? I'm rolling with Kansas. I, I know they're top heavy, but I think they're the most talented team in the Big Twelve. And you know, I'm not betting against Bill Self. You know where I stand with him. I think he's the best in college. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about one of the hottest teams in the country, Bruce Pearl's Auburn Tigers. Are they Final Four good? As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 each and every week of the college basketball season. We have a special offer that will be available starting on Tuesday, January 9th, and running through Monday, February 12th, the morning after Super Bowl 58. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, in honor of the big game, you can use the bonus code FIELD158 and you'll get $158 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD158. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure that you use that bonus code FIELD158 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create separate accounts in each state. It's easy, it's simple, it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the heart of the college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops, odd boosts, and my favorite, a nice juicy parlay boost. So download the BetMGM app and sign up today. All right, welcome back, Field of 68. After Dark, I'm Jeff Goodman here with former North Carolina star Tyler Hansbrough, and we're going to give you it anyway. Former Columbia standout. Just, just a guy. 
Just that works. Standouts, just, standouts yeah. on that. Healthy level below star. Just on, that's very good. I'll take that. You're a standout on this show. You you make your debut <laughs> and you're absolutely crushing it. I know you're carrying me. Uh, listen, nobody's <laughs> happier on the show that Auburn just covered. Uh, a late cover by the Tigers. It was close the whole way. Uh, Dallin oh, is yeah. celebrating the Tigers, who have now uh, won eight in a row. And they didn't win by 15 like they had the previous seven games. But yeah. um, it, was a, it was a big win for them at home against a Texas A&M team that really needed this one in, in a lot of ways because they had just come off a bad loss to LSU. I thought it was a good spot for the Aggies, who were picked second in the preseason SEC poll. And Auburn wins another one. And this team, I'll tell you what, I think this team is as surprising as almost any in the country this year. I did not see this coming. And I always talk to Bruce before the year, and he's pretty realistic about his team. I don't think he saw this coming either, but the guards have been terrific, and they take care of the ball they share the ball. I saw Aiden Holloway a lot on the AU circuit, and I really liked him. But he was a scorer. He was a volume guy who could really fill it up. And, you know, I just think these guys are playing, especially Holloway's playing a lot older. Denver Jones has been a nice addition coming from like a low major, uh, going up a couple levels. Is this Auburn team for real, Dallin? Are they for real for real? Uh, in this context of this year in college basketball, yes. And what I mean by that is they could get, maybe get themselves to a Final Four. The reason I say maybe is actually when I, I bet first game against Baylor, I liked I liked them right away, and that was a loss. It was one of the two losses, but I was like, man, I like this kid Holloway. I've liked Janai Broom since he was at Moorhead State. They, you know, Cardwell and Williams they got some length, they got athleticism. That they had some you know some better not better shot makers in the past. They've had the better shot makers, but a bunch of guys that could contribute. You couldn't take one guy away and really kind of change their whole team. My concern is when we saw it in this A&M game because they took care of the ball until they didn't take care of the ball. They were 30-22 at half, and in the start of the second half, they want to play at pace. They want to be fast, and at times they want they can make it chaotic, and they can be comfortable in chaos. But when they speed themselves up, they, they make me nervous. It just becomes a bit of a sloppy, chaotic game. And against a team like A&M where they have more talent than them, and A&M's best offense is literally throwing the ball at the rim and going and getting a rebound a lot of times, that may not hurt them. Uh, I do. I haven't looked at the schedule. I want to know when they play like a Kentucky because Kentucky, you can speed up. And you want to play fast, but they're going to make a bunch of shots. I wonder if it, they're going to they're going to have some opportunities there. I love the rim protection though for Auburn. I, I think their their metrics right now surprise me that they are that high up. I don't think they're the fifth best team in the country, but I do think they can beat anybody. I do think they will compete with the SEC in terms of winning a title. I think it'll be Kentucky. Tennessee and Auburn, I think, will be those three teams most likely vying for a title of a, of a league that may get eight or nine teams in. So it's going to be fun to watch them. But I think they're in a half-court game and against changing defenses. You saw Buzz Williams throw in some zone in that game, too. Really changed the look of that game. And a shot themselves in the foot. They made turnovers late, and, and really Auburn made free throws. That's how they got to cover City. Thank God. Well done, boys, making your free throws down the stretch there. But it, it wasn't a complete. It wasn't as good a performance as they put in the past. But I think they're going to keep getting better. And I think they're going to – they have to be able to execute in half-court games to win in March. And they have to be able to show that. At times in the SEC, you're going to have to be able to grind out some games and win some games and not have to be a chaos and shoot yourself in the foot. How to balance those things out. Tyler, where are you on the Tigers who did a great job uh, tonight on Wade Taylor? I mean, that, that was the key. If you can kind of hold him, he's kind of their guy. If he gets hot and, and has his 30-point games – they can beat just about anybody. Well, tonight he was two for 16 from the field, uh, really struggled. And if you can hold him in check, and I think that's kind of the problem with Buzz Williams' team. They're too reliant on him. Yeah, and with Auburn, uh, I would say that uh, Broom is one of the better bigs in the SEC, and I thought you know, maybe they would rely on him uh, a lot, but it looks like they're having more uh, contribution. They are a much better team. Uh, than uh, a lot of people actually would thought. They're a great surprise. I just need to see more of them and to see them tested. Just like Dallin said, I want to see them go against Kentucky and see what they're really about. But uh, right now they're proving people wrong and they're playing very well. And you're right, they uh, did stop Wade, Wade Taylor tonight and uh, he can get hot, but that's what A&M relies on. So they get Kentucky February 17th at home. They only play them once uh, and, mm. it's, and it's at Auburn. It might be a game where, honestly, I circle that wow. one. Wow. 
and that's a game you want to go to because there aren't Is that a Saturday? Games this year. That's going to be a game day game right there. That's got to be a game day game. You're going to be at the on the plains, Kentucky and Auburn. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Me and Greenberg can hang out together February 17th. That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> Kentucky, Auburn. All right. So Kentucky gets the win tonight. And Missouri kept it close. Like, I actually give them credit because I thought it could be a blowout situation. But you wonder, too, if this young Kentucky team, are they getting up for every single game? I don't know if they do. That's that's probably the one thing you worry about with them more than anything. We saw it with UNC Wilmington. You've seen it with St. Joe's, who almost came in a rough and beat them. Uh, probably should have beat them. And, and tonight, honestly, it's the old dude. The old dude who kind of rescues him, Trey Mitchell. You know, 20 and 14. And, and Dillingham, I'll tell you what, Dillingham has been the biggest. A lot of people would say Reed Shepard's been the biggest surprise for them, for Kentucky. I will say it's it's Rob Dillingham because when I saw him, he, he he was so out of control at times. Now, exciting as hell and could go for 25 or 30. But the next night, he was like almost like a, a Malik Monk type where he'd go for 30 and then the next night he'd go for four. And he has been so much more efficient. Now he's had his off games, obviously, as any freshman's going to have, Tyler. But uh, 23 points tonight. In 19 minutes, and efficient as hell again. I know Kentucky is your favorite team, Tyler, so I'm giving you the floor because they keep winning. They're up to number six, and uh, if they go to the Final Four, you have to go to the Final Four so some of these Kentucky fans can tell you what they really feel about you in person. Well, I hope they don't go to the Final Four, but they are a Final Four team. I mean, they're a contender, and uh, – <laughs> Uh, it pains me to say this, but Kentucky's going to get better and better as the season goes on, in my opinion. And you're seeing a lot of growth from the freshmen and the young kids that they have. Uh, I really, really like the way that Reed Shepard's playing. I think he's been consistent. Like you said, he's been a big surprise. But also the Bradshaw kid, uh, I think he's been uh, in and out uh, all year, but he's starting to catch. I mean, th this team's going to get better and better. And Mizzou, I know, I know a lot of people aren't uh, – High on Mizzou this year. They're not the team they were last year. Uh, and they can get hot. They rely on a ton of threes. Uh, but um, they can get hot and stay with people. But, yeah, I mean, this is this is what you're going to see from young teams. You're going to lose to UNC Wilmington, and then you're going to have big, uh, you know, big wins, but peaks and valleys. But this team is going to get better as the season goes on. Guards, yeah, I totally Guards, agree. man, they got them. Yeah. They got them. Yeah. Well, to, to Tyler's point, though, getting Bradshaw, what's his, I think it's his fifth game he played, maybe a sixth game back. So, like, he's a freshman that's just scratching the surface. And, guys, he can he can pop out and knock down a jump shot. I don't know if doesn't love him shooting threes, but he's, he showed it today. I don't know, a baseline jumper from 15. And he's, he's, he's more than just a big – they're not going to throw him the ball in the block and score right now. But he can do some other things that can help you offensively, help them defense, help them rebound. Um, their ceiling's huge. It, it really is. And that's why this game um, – I loved it for the over. It was 159 and a half. And to, to your guys' point about the, a young team, why I didn't know if they would just blow Missouri out is because you come off that amazing win against Florida where, you know, you, you are road dogs and the line stunk and the public was heavy on Kentucky. And very oh. rarely is Vegas wrong on these things. Public was all over. It was 90-10. But they went out and they won and took care of business on at a good Florida team. team I but struggles to when they step up in class too to win their big games and big opportunities. I hope they will later in the year because I like their makeup of their squad. But then when you look at they're got to go on the road at A and M, you know, coming up this weekend, an A and M team that people thought would be really good, thought would contend for the league title like they did last year. So this is a ta classic trap game, and they handled the game pretty well. The concern with them is they know they can score, and this game really showed it. They can just at times just not really care defensively and then go the other way and score. And that's the first half. I think there were like 97 points in the first half because neither team, like Missouri couldn't guard them and Kentucky wasn't really, it didn't seem like they were really locked in to try to guard them. Second half was better, 30% field goal percentage defense. Uh, they definitely were better in terms of locking down the lane. There were a bunch of straight drives, like straight line drives with no help for layup for the Tigers in the first half. Didn't happen as much in the second half. And then they eventually pulled away and they did cover if you took them. But this team's ceiling Maybe more than anybody else is is high because they have they have the guards. They understand they can play a pace. They can shot make. Um, they got different dudes that can hurt you on different days. Five guys in double figures tonight. And like I said, Bradshaw coming into his own. And the other bigs are trying to get fully in the mix too. Like there's there's a, there's a lot to be said for what could happen there. Now it's, it's a lot for Coach Cal in the next 15 games or so in league play. 
to build build that all and get it going in the, and keep it going in the right direction and get to that ceiling. But they have massive potential. Yeah, I mean, listen, again, when, when you've got the talent that he does, and I never thought it was like an elite class like some were talking about, right? And, and I still don't think it is. Um, but they mesh together, you know, Reed Shepard. With, exactly. And, and the key, really, the key was Hugs being fired because Trey Mitchell's kind of saved him. And Antonio Reeves not being eligible to be able to transfer anywhere else after taking classes at Illinois State in the summer. Like, they, they did. They got a little bit of a break with both of those. And without those two, think of what this team would be. I mean, they would be too young to be able to win. But those two guys yeah. have bought in and led some of these young guys. And, and I said it the other night. Listen, there's nobody better, nobody better at getting guys, young guys, and a young team to kind of understand their roles than John Calipari. Nobody better than getting them to grow up. You know, listen, there's a lot of people that will hammer Cal for his, his lack of X's and O's and, and coaching. Um, but NBA guys, what they'll tell you is a lot of those kids, when they come in, mentally, they come in more prepared than a lot of other players that are coming out of their first year of college, period. Yeah, and that's shown in the results in the draft in recent years and how guys perform that aren't, you know, that aren't Carl Anthony Towns, or whether it's Quickly or Maxi, or you go down the list of different dudes. Um, I, I will say this, like, it, for coaches to, to assess your talent, to, to address what you have, and then to build your, your system every year, it's really freaking hard. And for Coach Cal, what he's done this year, said we're going to play this way, and we're going to get everybody bought in. And I don't have my bigs yet, but we're going to figure out how to play when we get them, and we're going to fold those guys into the mix and not miss a beat. Like, I think he takes a, a – just because you have big classes and people are highly rated does not mean they're going to work on the college level. We see it all the time. And it doesn't mean they're going to fit together. Like, they're, they're, all those things are different variables that are a lot to deal with. And then you do need older guys. We've seen that in recent years. Old wins in college basketball. I think with Reeves and Mitchell, they may have enough old in the mix. And some old heads. Those freshmen play well beyond their years right now, and I think that's really critical. But Reeves, Reeves may be the most improved player in the country, guys. His ability to finish around the rim now, and he's off the bounce all the time. and You know he's a dead-eye shooter. Like, I love watching that kid play. And his, his improvement from last year to this year is amazing. Hey, Tyler, when's the last conversation you had with John Calipari? I, I can't remember. I'm not sure I've had many conversations with him, to be honest. But, uh, Dallin, he, he uh, kind of hit it on the head. I mean, first of all, Kentucky should have a great recruiting class every year. They're Kentucky. Uh, and I'm, I'm sick of hearing that uh, after a bad season. But the, the one thing I will respect is he, he will go with two bigs and he will – change his style of play to fit his team and uh, that's not easy to do and a lot of coaches won't do it uh, but you got to give him credit for uh, you know doing that all right the Kentucky Wildcats looking really good another blue blood Indiana Hoosiers not looking so hot these days a loss at the rack we'll talk about that next now that the college football season is in the past and college basketball is in full swing, I need to tell you guys about our partners over at Rhythm. If you're into sports betting, you need Rhythm, the place for data-backed props and picks. For those that are unfamiliar, Rhythm, spelled R-I-T-H-M-M, is the go-to mobile app for player props and game picks. Backed by AI predictive models, Rhythm helps you make smarter and faster betting decisions across all sports, but particularly college hoops, where there are as many as 150 games a day during conference play, many of which have softer lines at BetMGM than you'll find in the NFL or in the NBA. With Rhythm, you get data-backed picks for every Division I game every day users get free picks daily with the ability to upgrade to unlimited access and for those of you already using modeling you can build custom sports betting models within the rhythm app itself i and I'm a rhythm user and i found that i've been a better better when i focus on the lines where my gut and rhythms modeling are aligned to kick off the partnership between the field of 68 and the rhythm three people who download rhythm at the link below and create an account between now and the end of the day on thursday will be entered for a chance to win a free subscription with access to unlimited picks for college basketball the nba the nfl and more so if you want to increase your edge and win more bets go to the link in the description and download rhythm today that's r-i-t-h 
MM, the place for data-backed props and picks. Feel the 68 after dark, Goodman, Hansborough, Cuff here. And it's time to talk about the Indiana Hoosiers. You know, my, my daughter's there, Dallin. You know, I, I need to get as many trips as I can to Bloomington, so I kind of root for them. Obviously, win, 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 so I can, you know, expense my trips to, to Bloomington. Instead of having <laughs> it's a veteran move. Help, right? Exactly. Well, your Ohio State win at home was good. Looked like, all right, they're, they're on the right track here a little bit. And listen, nobody's disputing their bigs. Khalil Ware has been good. Malik mm -hmm. Renault has been really good. Xavier Johnson came back last game, looked really good against Ohio State. Yeah. Well, tonight he, he was he was kind of not very good. He's two points, five turnovers. Um, and again, he missed seven games, so I think it's going to be shaking some rust off still. But their guard play, Trey Galloway, Gabe Cup, CJ, it's just not good enough. And, and I keep going back to it, and I'm curious to get your take because Tyler's heard me say this over and over and over. The roster construction so important for teams. And that's where I think Mike Woodson made his mistakes. You know, you get all these bigs. They're talented, very talented. Like, Khalil Ware is a first-round talent. I think McKinley yeah. Mbaka is going to be a first-round talent at some point. Um, but ultimately, when you don't surround those guys with shooters, and Renew's going to make money, a lot of money playing basketball mm -hmm. in his career, whether it's in the NBA or overseas. But you, you got to have guards. you got to have shooters. you got to have floor spacers. Yeah, they turned the ball over in 20% of their possessions in league play. I mean, it's only a couple games of sample size, but okay, forget league play. It's 18%. It's not, it's not, it's not good, um, which is a problem. A little weird behind-the-scenes things. We come here at ESPN tonight to do you know, studio stuff. We're on ESPN2 tonight. And you always come in, you're looking at what needs to – you only got so many monitors. You got like six monitors in here to work with. Indiana's not on the – it's not on the list. It's like you're they're like, they're like the last one. I'm like, all right, I get – do we put Indiana in here or not? Like, is it really necessary to like, that's where the, as a blue blood, that doesn't happen with Carolina, doesn't happen with Kentucky, doesn't happen with Duke, it doesn't happen with, I mean, Gonzaga now, like, in the, there are certain teams you know that, all right, not only who, the, they need to be, this is like researcher, I need this and this monitor, this and this monitor, like, that's how we're working this thing, because you got to be able to lock in throughout the course of the night. And it's like, all right, you throw it over here, and I'll tune in occasionally. So it's, it's just, they don't command the attention anymore based on the team, it's just, it is what it is. As you mentioned, they got some. They're going to have great, uh, good careers and make money playing this game, which is more power to them. But as a group right now, the guard play isn't enough. Uh, defensively, they aren't good enough, and offensively, rebounded today they got crushed, which sometimes is an effort thing. So, like there was, there were a lot of issues. It's hard to win at the rack. We know that. But um, Indiana is is not going to be a factor in the Big Ten, and, and definitely not a factor in the national scene this year. And we'll see how they go forward. And if Woody's still there next year. Well, he'll be there next year. He'll be there next year, Tyler, because he's one of their own. So he'll get one more for sure. Uh, go ahead. What are, you, what are you laughing? What are you laughing about, I'm, Tyler? I'm just laughing in my mind because I can't remember the last time they were good. Uh, and I don't want to be too critical, but I'm sitting there. I'm like, hey, when's hey, the last time he has been good? Dallin <laughs> yeah. worked with Crean. He had him as a number one seed at one point, but they, they were yeah. up and down under in the Crean era. But hold on, that, that's what down, you just said. But they were up and down, but like Crean did win a Big Ten championship and then got fired. Like, I mean, that, that there wasn't a lot of space for things happening. So, like, he's not one of their own, and they, they may not eat their own that, like UCLA does. Bill Walton just crushing Mick on, on broadcast. It's just, just, just not a good look. Him. That Maryland game, I mean, I was just here just like, Bill, please stop it. This is making me uncomfortable, and I'm 3,000 miles away. Like, it was – but this it was is with the, Ben Allen. Right. Exactly. Remember, like, they will eat their own a little bit more, and that I don't necessarily see in Indiana the same way. But there is – to Tyler's point, this is Indiana, and this is and, – and North Carolina is victim of their own success. So is Duke. So are these teams that are blue blood programs, Kentucky – we judge you guys on a curve. You're up here. You're not up in that space, and it's just you know a four seed. You're getting hit. But if you are irrelevant on the national scene for multiple years, and if they were a five seed, but maybe a couple years ago, like they just getting in the tournament and trying to compete. Yeah, that's that's just not the standard that's been set there. And when you're not playing on the level that's the standard that's been set, you get criticized at a higher level until you get back even looking to threaten that way. But it's been like over. It's been like a decade now. He's won one uh, NCAA tournament game in the real bracket, uh, Mike Woodson mm. has. And, and, again, if you don't get the tournament this year with the NIL they had, 
with the talent that they have, Tyler, uh, next year. And again, listen, I've said this and I'll say it over and over. I don't, I don't care who it is. These former NBA guys, whether it's Juwan Howard, whoever it is, Chris Mullen, Ewing, all these guys, Mike Woodson, most of them, they fail. Most of them fail in college because it's a different game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. We'll get on to Duke. Let's go to Duke, Tyler, because they destroyed Pittsburgh tonight. And Kyle mm -hmm. Filipowski had a Kyle Filipowski type game. He 26 and 10. And he really hadn't played great the last couple of games, but that's kind of the beauty of this Duke team now, right? With Jared McCain stepping forward, you've got more weapons with Roach, McCain, Filipowski, Proctor even a little bit now. He wasn't offensive-minded tonight, but it's almost like, you know what, now you, you're okay with Proctor not having to go for 15. It's almost like now the expectations have been tempered with Tyrese Proctor, Tyler. I, I think the media put a lot of pressure on Tyrese Proctor, and uh, they tried to make him into something he wasn't. They tried to force him to score. Uh, but I, I think this Duke team is flying under the radar, if that's possible, uh, for Duke. Uh, they've had a lot of guys that have evolved uh, over the season. You just said it, Jared McCain. He's playing unbelievable right now. We also didn't even talk about Mark Mitchell. He's been playing unbelievable. And I've said this, and even though Ryan Young isn't like the most appealing player, I think he plays a part. And Dallin said old wins. He's old. And uh, he's one of those veteran guys that comes in there and, hey, you know what? I'm not going to score. I'm just going to help our team win. And when you have guys that are accepting that role and playing that way, especially at Duke, uh, it's really going to help the team. I do like this team. I think Jeremy Roach is an underrated piece as well. Uh, and uh, a lot of people seem to really not give him the attention he deserved preseason. And he's just slowly been consistent and doing his thing and still kind of flying on the radar. But I, I'm big on Duke, actually. I think they're one of the sleeper uh, teams that could possibly be in the Final Four maybe get the championship. And I hate to say that. <laughs> I'm sure, sure you do. That was painful. But it got out. It was, it was very nice. Um, I will say this. Before the year, I thought I thought it was right. Hey, this team's Final Four good. And I remember we went to the game in Arizona. Jeff, I saw you down there. and Those guys got introduced. And we were behind the Duke bench. I was I was turned to who I was with, and I was like, "Yo, they're physically these guys look little. Like Arizona looked like grown men, and then they physically abused them through the course of that game. They crushed them in the offensive glass, and it almost looked reminiscent to the Tennessee game, which which sent Duke out of the uh, NCAA tournament last year. This team has struggled on the road too, and then and let me back in that game too. Mark Mitchell looked like he was he was lost, and they weren't guarding him. He struggled with that, and you got McCain trying to find himself as a freshman. Uh, Filipowski was struggling with physicality, so they're this team has grown through the course of the year. And to Tyler's point, some of it's been a bit off the radar. They took that shellacking in Arkansas. They lose, lose at Georgia Tech. Coming into this game, guys, they were 5-8 and eight since last started last year on the road uh, in terms of winning 5-8 like and eight straight up and 3-10 and 10 against, the, against the spread. So some of those games we were expected to win quite a bit and then lose, lose pretty much outright. This was an impressive performance, and it's because of how Mark Mitchell played offensively. But defensively, they literally just took – pit out of anything they wanted to do. There was always a man on there on the catch. There was contested shots everywhere. There were rebounds. They were playing out in transition. They were loose. They were comfortable. They were making shots, playing in flow and playing in rhythm. I want to see them keep doing that and build the toughness to continue to win on the road. That's the, that was a really good, really good, I think, underrated win to shellac Pitt. Uh, Pitt has won three in league play coming into this game. Like They desperately needed that game, and they got beat down. So I, I like where Duke's at right now. They're getting contributions from different players. And last but not least, you mentioned a guy like Ryan Young. That Baylor game, when he came in, Filipowski gets four fouls and about five minutes left. He comes in, he slips the screen, he kicks it out for a three, he gets an offensive rebound, kicks it out, keeps the possession alive. Like He does a lot of little things, glue, glue guy, dirty work, little plays that are made. And you see a bunch of guys kind of take that lead at different times. I'm interested to see how they continue to grow through the year. And they don't get as many physical challenges in the ATC. But I do hope they can continue to grow in that way and be able to accept and challenge some of those things physically and grow mentally as well because it's still a young group. All right, let's do uh, Coach of the Night. Your first uh, time, Dallin. But we'll start with Tyler. We'll give you a minute to kind of think of who you, you're going to toast to. Tyler, you want to start? Yeah, I'm going with my guy, Wes Miller. And I know they took a loss. Uh, but first two <laughs> games uh, in the Big 12, Holy they're competing, they're playing the hard. <laughs> hey, you know what? They're flying under the radar. They have a great record. I got to give my guy some credit. And uh, I was really pulling for him. But, like, this 
This game was taken away from tonight. The guy clearly walked like Down said, so I'm going to give it to Wes. <laughs> I uh, love Wes. That's a good I mean, I think he's done a really good job. I love it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he did get, they did a good job on that travel call a little bit. I'm giving it to my guy, uh, Mamasilovic, Mamasilovic, the Milan, the super Serbian freshman from, yeah. from Iowa State. Folks, if you haven't seen the shot, I mean, I'm sure if you're watching this podcast, you've seen the shot. But that game winner catches it double team. That looked like an NBA play. You don't see that in college basketball a lot. The fadeaway baseline, it was Dirk-esque, and it was it was bucket. So I'm going to give a little toast to him. I have nothing to drink. I've done that before. Not bringing any alcohol into ESPN's building here. Well, that's a story for another time. Don't do that, by the way. That's not welcome. I didn't know. Um, but I will say this. That young man made a huge shot. And uh, gave them a big win. And Iowa State kind of getting a, a big time of stamp on the win in Duncan down Houston. All right. I, I already toasted a TJ Otzenberger earlier, so we don't, we don't need to do that again. But I, I'm going to give it to Fred Hoiberg. Okay. Fred Hoiberg, mm-hmm. who is squarely on the hot seat and probably would have been gone had his buyout not been so big. He had to renegotiate his deal a, a year or so ago. And now he's got a team that's capable of going to the tournament, one of the best dudes you will ever meet. A uh, huge win tonight over Purdue. All right, thanks for joining us. Feel the 68 after dark. Goodman, Hansborough, Cuff. We'll see you tomorrow.